And let me give an example of what I'm saying here. Let us assume, and this has to be the thinking of the person, let us assume a business is fetching 500,000 naira a year. Let me just use as a figure. Now, because this person is the sole driver of the business, 400,000 naira of that profit he spends on himself. Now, he spends it because he's the sole driver. He's doing everything. But you see, if it continues because he has exhausted his time and everything, that business won't go beyond that particular point. In fact, if it stays there, after some time, the law of diminishing returns will come in. So the only way he can do to get out of it is that he looks at all of the things that they're doing and says, ask the CEO of this business, what is the principal activity, all right, that will drive this business to the next level? And identifies that. This is what I say, you pray. Then he says, well, these are necessary things, so let me hire people to do that. Now, 500,000 now means I will only take 200,000 out of it and drop down my lifestyle and now hire two people on 100,000 and 100,000 that I will delegate to doing that. By doing that, he has separated the activities that are necessary but not best for him. Those things are still being done, freed up space for him. And what's going to happen within his mind, because he's only staying with his core competence as the CEO, understanding the job of the CEO there, what begins to happen, that something is going to happen within the year, he drives the profit now to two million naira, and he's no longer tired, he's not coming back, all right, tired and all of that. He is relaxed, his mind is fresh, all right, and this. That's why the head of Amazon, I can't understand where he's coming from. He said, look, I only make three decisions every day, and once it is 10 a.m., I don't make any decision again. No matter what you are saying, he said 10 a.m., I'm not making any decision, which means three decisions, 10 a.m., stop. Everything I am not doing again. He said, because I realized that you only have the capacity to handle three major decisions a day, and the best time to do it is before 10 a.m., before you lose your freshness. So he does that. And he said, but how is it going? Because those decisions now, only three, he's not making 15 decisions, he's not getting tired, making 25 decisions, he's only making three, he makes powerful, hyper decisions that will move it to the next level. Now, the man who is doing so many things there, all right, is tired. And what is your focus on? Right? He's not focusing on that thing because it's diluted with other things. And that's because he wants all, right, all the money to come into his pocket. And he doesn't understand that if I diversify and, and, and I delegate here. All right? So you can, in an organization, be doing more, but everybody must be doing less as you are doing more. Do you understand what I'm saying here? All right? Which means everybody is doing less, which means more things are being done, but each person is doing less right, and now focusing on their core issues in order, all right, to develop that um, kind of um, expertise that will now begin, okay? So it's important that you pray and ask God, all right, that God should do that surgical operation inside and show you, and you have to be ruthless with your own personal life, which means I can do this, I can't do this, I want to do this, I am not doing this, all right? You have to be able to cut those things off and say, this activity is all right and not all right, necessary, all right, for me. I mean, I mean, it's, you, you could even sit down and be watching premiership. It's okay because your other time is well invested. But you might not even have time to watch premiership because you are so busy on things that are not necessary. That are, Do you get what I'm saying here? Yeah? I'm having a meeting, meeting that doesn't, are you from Jay? And you are just wasting time and then you get back tired and say, I'm walking. Look, if you are tired, you are doing it wrong. Do you get what I'm saying here? Yeah? You are saying, I'm tired. Every time you are tired, every time you are tired, you sleep 
you sleep late, you wake up, and listen, it won't be long. You, you can't continue like that. Are you following saying that? The brain won't function properly. Are you following saying that? All right? So you have to. Everybody begins to suffer around you. All right? So you have to. All right? It's important. You have to. Inside my office, everybody works more than me inside the office. I'm the, in fact, when I come to the office, just to make them happy. Are you following what I'm saying? That's them. I just come to the office, make everybody happy inside the office. That's my duty. I go back home. The, my own work is at home. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've delegated all the office work. Do you get what I'm saying here? So I'm just the chair inside the office. So everybody, hey, hey, hey. All right? Anytime I travel, they'll come, we're missing you here. The office is dry because I am just the chair. Just to cheer everybody up. All right? Get them in good spirits. Do the work. I'm going because there are certain things that I should face. If I come here Sunday morning, I say vanity is vanity, all is vanity, and it's vanity. Then I have failed in my own duty. <laughs> all right. Okay? So what we're saying here is you find that and you need to pray, all right, to reduce, okay, here. Because there's a temptation that grows on us in a very subtle way to drift towards complexity. We feel that when things become very complex and our lives are no longer simplified, that, you know, that's it. And we add several things to our lives. We never subtract. We think by adding, all right? So, of course, we do things. We have fellowship groups we open. But let me tell you, I don't, I, I, I mean, what you want to do, you delegate it to people, all right? And you watch it, okay? Go there. And, and, and the, the, the essence of, or the power in, in, in growing any organization is converting people who have a job mindset, which means I have come, I have a job, converting them to leaders. That's what will make the organization go. All right? Who can take responsibility, which means people that can lead. All right? That's what you need to do. And to unleash the spirit of entrepreneurship within that organization, all right, but align the hearts of people to a central goal while you unleash that spirit. That, that's, that's what you've got to understand and know how to do there. All right? So whatever divides your resources and focus sets a barrier on your growth. Once your resources and focus starts getting divided, then a barrier comes to your growth. That's why people have a set cap. They are no longer focused on the things that will bring about the real growth. So to grow more, you need to do less. All right? And the chances are you'll grow less if you start doing more. Which means you are doing more. Everybody's doing more. Everybody's doing more. Now, the group can be doing more, but everybody should start doing less as more is being done. Okay? All right? You, even in their service of God, if you are in four departments in this church, something is wrong. Nobody sends you. Are you following? Nobody sends you. Jesus has died. He didn't ask you to die. No, I, nobody sent you for you. This department you are there. Uh, volunteer for the, you volunteer. Volunteer for that you volunteer. You volunteer for the, you volunteer. When they did work as party, you collected invitation from four departments. All right? It means what Jesus said. He said, you are too cumbersome. There are too many things. Only one thing is what? Needful there. All right? And so what happens is, if you are a leader, so what we said is delegate the task all right, delegate that task if the task is necessary, but stay on what you do best and increase your impact. Uh, don't build your identity, and this is what has happened. People, you see, when this thing enters into you, and it's very difficult, very difficult. Look, what happens is people are doing things that no longer work. 
but their identity is tied to those things. Now, hear what I'm saying. Those things no longer work, but your identity is tied to those activities. So, let, let me give an example now. Look, when I meet people, let, let me say this, I'm not going to tell you the right of temptation. When I meet people, if I, you meet someone on the plane, somebody, there was somebody in government, and he said, oh, this is the gentleman that does a platform. He's a visionary platform. Oh, how are you? Blah, 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 platform. Yeah, great program. Now, your identity now is being tied to platform. Now, you think it's easy if God tells you drop platform, you, you can't, you, it's like, it's like they, they won't know you again. Do you get what I'm saying here? All right? So what we do is that we wrap our identity around an activity. Instead of wrapping our identity around our mission, now, we can use an activity to pursue that mission, but those activities can change. But your vision will never change. So we're holding on to activities that might have lost their essence, all right, no longer fulfilling, all right, their vision. We're just doing it, all right? And that's what, that's what even defeats churches. You get traditional. And the minute you want to turn those things, they become sacred cows. That's how they know us. That's who we are, all right? So, what happens? And that's why someone says, I'm in four departments, I'm in this department. Because they've tied it. So, don't build your identity around activity, but around your mission. All right? Don't hold, all right, what you do too tightly. Hold on to your vision tightly, but not what you do to make the vision happen. Because what you do to make the vision happen can change. So that you can evaluate, because you are not at any given time you can evaluate the effectiveness of what you are doing. And you have to. Because if Jesus comes and says, I'm taking things out, then nothing, there's nothing can take away. Right? So you, you can evaluate. Is this thing fulfilling, all right, our real purpose? I mean, one of the most effective organizations I know, they said when we go into our strategic meetings, it's like we want to find out what is dying next. Are, are you following me? that we sit down when we are brutal, and everybody's honest. Even if it has to do with your own department, they are honest with it. This is my field. And I say, look, this thing is not working again. Because it, it, it's just like if something starts dying in one part, it starts spreading. Right? So they are that way. And that's the way they keep themselves. So you want to ask God to do that, and this is your own personal space now, all right? And ask God that so you don't hold tightly. Activities change, but missions will remain the same. So it's a prayer to get refocused on the essential things, right? To, to open your eyes so you see the activities that are needed and the ones that are not needed. Uh, you need to cut off parts that are not fruitful, all right, to increase your fruitfulness in what you are doing. Now, I'm going to rush through the last three. So that's one. The second thing, prayer, and this is very important, that God should open your eyes to see what you have in your hands should open your eyes to see what you have in your hands. Because if we read scripture carefully, and you look at the lives of people, all right, I mean, Tyler Perry, they asked him, he said, I was doing, and, and sorry, he said I was doing drama, I was doing plays, it wasn't working, it wasn't working. He said, somebody also called to me that I should start using locals inside the city. All right, which my act inside. So if, if he was doing Atlanta, he would look for lookouts within that place. He said, suddenly the crowd started coming. Now, we despise or we don't even know what we have in our hands. So God came to Moses. Now, first of all, I'm going to talk about Moses. Look at what Jesus said in Mark 6, 37 to 39. This is how Jesus operates. 
He says, and he answered and said unto them, give them to eat. And he said unto him, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Which means we need so much money. We just said, look, this is how we do it. And he said unto them, how many loaves have ye? And he said, what are you talking about? He said, go in there and see. And when they knew, they came back and just said, look, things always move to the next level with what you have in your hands. Go and check. They came back five loaves. Somebody immediately said, but what is this among so many? Which means we don't understand the value in what we have in our hands. So we are looking out, talking big things, but we don't know the value. That's why God came to Moses. He said, the assignment, this is how I do it. What do you have in your hand? He looked at it, he said, a rod. He said, a rod, drop it, and then you'll know what it is. And the serpent came out and said, what? Right? Which means there are things in what you have that, all right, you don't even know. I mean, I was listening to two great actors, black actors, when Talapari opened his studio, and, and I felt for them. Because they were happy for him, but I could feel that they felt they missed something. And they interviewed them. They said, look, they said, you know, we rejoice with him. He said, but this shows us that, that you know, that, that he almost said that, that you, you, you can't have a small dream. That, that it's almost like we didn't dream as big. Now, because uh, all the relationships Tyler Perry had that triggered that thing, they had those relationships. All those relationships, they had it. The question was, how did Tyler Perry sit, all right? They would sit down with Oprah Winfrey and talk, but how did he see Oprah Winfrey? What, what, what was the engagement that brought about him to, to say that we are going for this? How did he see it? Which means, it's the same thing. They, they, I'm sure they looked at him and said, what are you talking about? We were big men before this guy. Who, how did he do it? When they look at everything, they say, we, we had all this. We had access to everything that he had. All right? But the question is, is your eyes opened up? All right? That's why Jesus said the things that make for your peace or your prosperity are now hidden from your eyes. Okay? I, I mean, when Elijah went to the woman, he said to her, he said, what do you have? She looked, said, look, I have one cake and this is nothing. We are going to eat this and die. She didn't understand that what she was holding that she called her last meal from it. They were fed until the famine was over. So you can have things in your hand, all right? Have things in your hand, and you take those things, and you look at those things, all right, and say to yourself that, I mean, some people have already said, I have failed. Why is it that I have failed? It's like, well, there was dealt the wrong cards. There's nothing like that, okay? It's like, say you want to play a match now of life, then they take the cards, they deal it. Then you, they deal five cards. Then you take a match you want to play with. Your friend, what's in your cards? Barcelona, Liverpool, or I'll call you Manchester United. Or, well, you know you're spoiling me if you, when we're calling Manchester United. I'm spoiling you, all right. But Manchester City, all of that, you said they gave us. What are your own cards? ICC shooting stars, Rangers, Canopillas. They say, look, how can I win? Look at the cards I was given. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? And that's how people look at life. I say, look, I didn't have the education they had. I didn't have this. And it says, what is this among so many? Now, God should open so that you don't miss it. Open your eyes, all right, to recognize the value in what you have and how to use what you have in your hands. It's a sincere prayer you need to offer up unto God that the value in the people that you have in your life 
and how, all right, to make use of it. The value that you have in your own people. All right, to ask God in humility to open your eyes to see what you have in your hands. All right, because it's the story of people that understood the value of what other people did not. All right, quickly then the third one is Luke 13 verse 35. And this one is so powerful here. Oh, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophet and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. All right. Sorry, 34. 34. All right. Stoneth them that are sent unto thee. How often will I have gathered, this is him gathering now, thy children together as the hen doth gather her brood under her wings. But you will not. So God says, I will have gathered. So it's God who gathering together. He says, but you will not. He said, why? Because when I want to gather this in gathering, I send people into your life. Which means when I want to gather, I send people into your life. I send people. It is those people, all right, that I've sent, all right, that, that just like when Israel prayed, uh, God said, I've heard the groanings of the people I have come down. He told Paul, Moses, he said, now go, I'm sending you. Which means when God came, he sent somebody, all right, who was the embodiment of God's presence in there to go and make happen all right, what, let's say, they are worship and pray. So the prophets and the people he sent came and they stoned them. Now, how does it mean to stone? All right, you stone people you can, you know, find fault with. I know, you stone. Okay, so let me tell you this. You need to, because you say kings are coming to minister unto me and strangers are coming to build my work. Those strangers are not perfect. Those kings are not perfect. They come with attitude. They come with behavior, all right? Character default. Now, if you don't have that law of recognition and you don't pray for grace to manage men, do you understand, Pim? You need to pray for grace, for wisdom to manage people. It is grace must come. Or else, God will send people to trigger that thing and you will stone them. They will walk into your life and they might just have, you know, an attitude. I mean, I mean, look, let me, I was even thinking when I was coming. The whole church now is shouting, uh, Tyler Perry has built the largest studio. Tyler Perry, we're shouting now, a born again Christian, Tyler Perry. We had our worship concert there. Tyler, all the preachers in America were there. My friend, my friend, Tyler Perry would not have had Jack if Oprah Winfrey wasn't in his life. Ask Christians about Oprah Winfrey. They will say, oh, church of who? Wait, a demonic person. Stoning people. The person that God might send to you might be his own personal oppression is that he, he doesn't worship God the way you worship God. He, he shakes at night with it. But listen, it has nothing to do. Do you understand what we are saying here? We turn everything to church. Are you following what I'm saying here? The king might be an idol worshiper. You say, God forbid, and I don't worship her inside my house, and I'm there, I should don't know what flows from the head, flows, just be talking nonsense. If, if it were in the days of Daniel, some of us would have resigned from the job. Can you imagine going to the office, and then there's an idol behind the office, and everybody, I remember one time, I went out with somebody, and, and to a restaurant, and there was a Buddhist image there. There is this Thai restaurant, I can't remember, and there was this image of Buddha just sat down. I said, I can't eat here. I said, what's my problem with that? What, what does, what's my problem with it? That they say, but let's eat, 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 no, I can't, I just, uh, ah, I can't, all right? I just can't take, what is, 
What does it have to do? Singapore noodles. This is good noodles. You are looking at Buddha. I can't take it. No, no. That's how we miss beautiful meals. All right? People don't understand you stole. All right? Stone everybody that is sent to you. All right? In anger. Okay? Because they have this character default. Because they have this, you know, weakness. All right? Inside there's something. You take a stone and stone them out. Right? And it says, now, now, now look at what it says here. Look, look at what it goes on and says here. Now, next verse here. It says, oh, Jerusalem, kill a prophet. Then next verse. It says, behold, your house is left to you desolate. And verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say what? Blessed is he that cometh in the name. That you recognize the power of God sending people into your life. All right? So, so people, I mean, I remember the English cricket team. Uh, they had a man, Kevin Peterson. Fantastic cricketer. Right? But he had an attitude. I mean, so they drove him out of the English team. The English cricket team was number one in the world. They dropped to almost number two. The former captain now came on television and says, what's going on? He said, I was the captain of this guy. I captained him. And in cricket, the captain, all right, does more than the football. He, he, and finally, he chooses the team. He says the strategy. He says, I'm captain this team. He said, I know Kevin Peterson. He said, he has a big head and a loud mouth. He said, but this is bad man management. He said, this is a man that before a match, you, you, he will tell you, you will say, where are we staying? You say the hotel. Say, why are we staying in that hotel? You want to tell you what concerns you with where we are staying? Aren't you here to play? He said, he will anger you, but he said, we got to the match against Australia. He said, all the batsmen were out. Kevin Peterson solely played against the Australian attack, scored 275 runs, and won that match for England. He said, forget about his big head. He's delivering. Are you following what I'm saying here? We will come and be stoning people. They, what they've come to do, it is not a church. Do you understand what I'm saying? You stone people, stone people, bring religion into where you should not. Stone everybody and scatter it. Then you are left alone and the house is desolate. Are you following what I'm saying? So, repent from your heart. In fact, some people, maybe even people that were supposed to marry you, you stone them. Now, after you stone them, they went to marry somebody else. Now, those ones managed them well. Now, you are seeing them. And you are saved. What did I miss? Now, God says, Jesus says, I will come back. When you sin, blessed is he that cometh in the name. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now, Lord, I realize that that prayer, when you answer it and this person comes, this person may not eat well at the table, but that doesn't mean I will stone him. If he's making noise when he's eating rice, I will manage. <laughs> All right. I can't, I can't take this kind of thing. All right? I, I, can't take, I can't take this kind of thing. Because later on, you realize that the rice matter did not mean anything in terms of what destiny. Just one coaching session and the rice eating can be perfected. All right? Are you following what I'm saying here? You know, you start thinking that way. Which means you start thinking, you start understanding the value, all right, that is in people. You're, because he says, I'm sending sons of strangers. You must have the capacity to handle this. Uh, are you following what I'm saying? You must have the capacity, all right, to handle. People have different, all right. Moses had an anger problem. You think Moses was a perfect leader? All right. Moses had an anger problem. But he was God's called man, all right. 
you, you cut Moses off, you have a problem. So you, you, you handle it. And, and that's how you begin, all right, to grow in the wisdom of God. So with these three things, all right, we'll, we'll, I, I, we prayed last Wednesday, we'll, we'll talk about it tonight again, all right. The prayer time now has been moved to 10 p.m. for, because 11.30, for people to, to stay up, I think it's a challenge, a serious challenge. And I must confess, me, myself, two days ago, I fell asleep. If you notice, I came on at 11.33. You know, I slept, put on the alarm, woke up right time, 10.30. I said, I'm good. 11, the alarm rang again. I said, I'm good. You know, you just turn one more time just to relax. And that turn <laughs> is God that saved me. As I woke up, 11.33, I just rushed. Bam! So... So after I start playing, then you now get your, I had to finish all pray and everything and all of that. I checked my phone. Nobody sent any message. And so I called the people. Why didn't you send the message? Said so we were wondering to. We were wondering. Just as we we're about to send the message, we just said, oh, Lord, what was we do? All right. Okay. All right. And that. So, so let's not pray to ourselves. 10 o'clock. It's fine. God will hear us from 10. <laughs> all right. Because you don't know what people are doing in the house. You just see that people are praying. They are talking like Hey, 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 shut up. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. All right. You never can tell. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word. By the power of your spirit, uh, that you establish us in this truth, expand it within our Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you.